Hello, this is Dan Jones again with another quiet talk for you from my study. It hurts when you find out that somebody you trusted, somebody you thought you knew turns out to be something else. It especially hurts when that person you trusted lets you down when you need them the most. As anybody who has heard me preach for any length of time knows, the Apostle Paul is a big hero of mine. I don't know of anybody else so totally devoted to Jesus Christ, nobody who suffered more, sacrificed more than this man. Sometimes when we think about him and his work, we can visualize him traveling around the Roman world on foot by himself. Now, while it's true that he probably traveled a lot on foot, he seldom was by himself. He always had a team. He always had associates who worked with him and supported him. In what may have been his first letter to a church, he begins, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. Silas and Timothy were part of his team. Over the course of his ministry, as described in the New Testament, we read many other names of those who worked with Paul. Luke comes to mind, Titus, and some names that are perhaps not as familiar like Epaphroditus, Epaphras, Aristarchus. There were others. But I'd like to mention one other of Paul's associates. At the end of the little letter to Philemon, which Paul wrote from prison, he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. Of course, we instantly recognize two of these, Mark and Luke, who were gospel writers. The person I want you to notice is Demas, a member of Paul's evangelistic team, a fellow worker, as Paul called him. Demas also sends greetings to the Colossians in the last chapter of that epistle. And he is mentioned once more in the Bible at the end of Second Timothy which is the last of Paul's letters that we have, a letter he wrote when he knew his execution was approaching. He writes, Demas has deserted me because he loves this present world. This must have broken Paul's heart to think that this man who had shared the journeys and the work of the gospel did not truly love the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle John wrote of those who left him and the churches he was responsible for by saying, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. In the parable of the wheat and the tares, or weeds, Jesus tells about a man whose enemy sowed weeds in his wheat field during the night. 
You can read about this in Matthew 13, 24 and following. The interesting thing about this parable is that the kind of weed mentioned looks just like wheat in its early stages of growth. But at harvest time, the difference is obvious. And the wheat will be separated from the weeds and the weeds will be burned up. I've known people in churches who I thought were the real thing. They were nice people. They liked me, it seemed. They supported the church. But a time came when they showed everybody what they were inside, what was real about them. This is always sad and sometimes shocking. Right now in the church, there is beginning a great sifting. Some will go out. And those who are truly committed to Jesus Christ will remain. Like Luke remained faithful to Paul when Demas did not, there will be believers who will stand firm regardless of the circumstances. There's a good Old Testament illustration of all this in the book of Judges. God raised up Gideon to deliver Israel from the Midianites, a nation that invaded the land of Israel and either stole or destroyed all their crops. We are told that the Midianites were as numerous as a swarm of locusts. They were like the sand on the seashore. So Gideon raises an army of 32,000 Soldiers, that sounds like a good number, but, but God said, Gideon, that's too many. I don't want Israel to boast about the victory as though they did it with their own human strength. So tell everybody who is fearful to go home. Out of the army of 32,000, 22,000 were afraid and they left. Those who were fearful were not usable. Today, there are a lot of people in our churches that are fearful. According to 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. There is no need to fear when you're on God's side. So make, make sure it's His side you're on. But an army of 10,000 was still too many. So by a strange test of how the soldiers drank water from a brook, Gideon whittled it down to just 300. From 32,000 down to 300. 300 whose complete faith was in the God of Israel. And they completely defeated this army of Midianites, this army that numbered as the sands of the seashore. The enemy we face today is no less formidable than the one Gideon faced. We face the powers of darkness that are animating those who are bent on the destruction of the church of Jesus Christ and the elimination of the gospel message contained in the Bible. Those associated with the church who are not true followers of Jesus are a hindrance to the victory that God wants to give his people. So, we are in a time of sifting. This is nothing new. Demas was not the only person Paul had to deal with who turned out not to be real. In Philippians 3.18, he spoke 
with tears of those in the church who he said walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And today, just as then, there are many inside the walls of church buildings who are not interested in taking up the cross as Jesus has commanded us to do. For them, going to church is about that question on the hospital intake form. It is a religious preference. They say they believe the tenets of the Christian faith, but by their lives they deny them. They have never shouldered the cross of Christ. They have not chosen to die with him. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. He went on to say, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Taking up the cross means dying to self. When a man picked up his cross and started to walk, he was not coming back. This was the end. For the Christian, the cross means the end of being the boss of my own life. My life is now the exclusive property of Jesus Christ. He is Lord, not me. I no longer own myself. I no longer own my choices, my future, my family, my money, my body. I belong to him. And it is a blessed belonging. For I belong to the one who loved me before I had any thought of loving him. He stretched out his arms on the cross and gave himself up to death, all because of his undying love for you and me. My friend, do you love him? Are you fully devoted to Jesus Christ? And are you willing to bear your cross and follow him? Or Like Demas, does your love for this world outweigh your love for Jesus? Father, I pray that this message will find deep root in the hearts of those who listen and that they will completely give everything to you, Jesus, that they will take up their cross and follow you, that they will love you more than the things of this world so that you might use us to win a great victory in our day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you would like to contact me, please send me an email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.